it's shiny, it's awesome, it's cool, it's a piece it's of hardware that I can give my baby boy. Because I didn't eat anything. You know, absolutely. Hold on, I'm talking, brother. 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 Hello. And welcome back to Hold On I'm Talking Brother. My name is Joe Greenwood and you are listening to our UFC 276 review. Adesanya versus Cannoneer for the middleweight title and Volkanovski versus Holloway 3 for the featherweight title. And Tom Ballam on a card that we predicted to be uh, epic, shall we say. Did it deliver? Oh, I mean, that was some, some heavy billing. Got a lot to live up to. Um, you know, so we kind of set it up to fall short. Absolutely. But it was it was, it was was a good card. Maybe epic is too strong, but good card, should watch. And there were some pretty momentous uh, events that took place within the card. For sure. Let's actually go straight into it. We're going to start not with the main event, but with the co-main event. Alexander Volkanovsky defeats Max... Holloway by unanimous decision. All three judges scored it 50-45. That means five rounds to zero to Alexander Volkanovsky. And Tom, I'm going to ask you the million dollar question. How did you score this fight? <laughs> well, Joe, I, uh, I picked this one by decision for Volkanovsky. And as, within, did I. as did you. Uh, so in the predictions game, we're even after this fight. I yep. mean... I put it this way, Joe. I watched three rounds of this, and I felt I didn't need to score anything further because it was just one-way traffic. Volk yeah. was totally dominant and yeah. more than worth a fifty-forty-five decision. Yeah, I mean that was that was so impressive that I came away from it thinking not only is Volkanovski the pound-for-pound best fighter in the world, like he is maybe the most complete MMA fighter I might have ever seen <laughs> like that was like the the feeling I got from it because Max Holloway is maybe the best contender you can put up there against a champion like in any division like if you think about number one contender the best fighter who's it going to be Max Holloway is probably the best one available and not only did he beat Holloway he absolutely thrashed him dominated him um, to the point where it looked like Max was just... I mean, some people are even coming out of it going like, is Max washed up? And it's like, no, he's not washed up. Volkanovski has just actually leveled up again. Like, we, we, I think what we saw was Max's ceiling. We found what Max's ceiling is. And Volkanovski has pushed on beyond that and is now find, trying to find his. Yeah, yeah, Joe. I mean, uh, I, I can't challenge anything you've said there at all. I'm in total agreement. Um, yeah. Volkanovski was just so impressive. He totally eviscerated Max. I mean, from the get-go, his uh, his kind of presence and his intensity mm. with the walkout when he was talking to the camera, saying, "This is for you, baby. Back home. Don't let everybody doubt you." Do you think? Was, um, do you I think was, Volkanovski loves Australia? <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, there's something about his walkout <laughs> which makes me think he does love Australia. And yeah, he's a great representative for that country. I mean. That's an athlete you can really get behind because he does seem to uh, kind of embody the kind of working man's ideals. Uh, yeah, and Joe, he came out there with a with an intensity that he's had in these last fights, an intensity that he's really found um, since the second Holloway fight, 
And uh, really, I was kind of getting chills because the guy was just on his game. He just really... I mean, I, I don't want to talk down about Max already. I'm trying to t- trying to avoid that. Yeah. But 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 Matt, uh, Volkanovski just eviscerated him. He really made short work of him. His his he was so accurate. He was hitting hard. He was moving out of the way. He saw everything Max was was throwing. It was just the complete performance, really. Yeah. It was. It was. It was actually an. Uh, a slightly different Volkanovski performance as well. I don't know if you remember this. I mean, we talked about it briefly on the last podcast, but we talked about the second uh, Volkanovski-Holloway fight where Volkanovski's down the first two rounds and he comes out in the third and he's so aggressive. And not just aggressive and confident, aggressive with the fainting. Like, he's really fainting hard and he's trying to draw out Max. I I don't know about you, but there was no fainting in this fight. Like, he just went out there and absolutely just beat him up. Well, He didn't feel the need to do it, he did, which well, is incredible. That was the speed advantage that uh, Volkanovski seemed to have. He made uh, Max Holloway, as you say, the greatest challenger you could really have. Um, a man who's pushed him, you know, the distance in both fights. Uh, he made him look like Korean Zombie. A Korean yeah. Zombie that I, I, I thought should be retired after that fight, but... Volk You're not going to go that far for Max, are you? I, I, I'm not going to go that far for Max, because I've got evidence I can point to in Max's last two fights where he looked elite. In fact, I just watched a little clip now of Max Holloway screaming at the end of the fifth round, uh, I'm the best boxer in the UFC, as he batters Cater with a a straight jab and then ducks out of the way and weaves past three of Cater's shots. That was that was within the last year, I believe, Joe. So yeah. you have to give the full credit here to to Volkanovski. The, the 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 only thing that you can really ask is, um, yeah, is he the pound for pound best? You've already laid your case out there that yeah. he is. Yeah, he is. I mean, he's he certainly had the most dominant uh, win over the highest level of competition in Max Holloway, but I still feel like Usman's. Just ahead of him there for me, just because of because of the number of guys he's beat, um, and the the fact that Usman, the kind of pressure wrestler, has been finding those those knockouts. Yeah, um, I guess I guess he does have those finishes, but for me, Usman when he beat Covington the second time, I had I had him winning, but it wasn't like a no, clear three rounds domination. Yeah, it was three, it was three rounds to two. Whereas this, I mean, Volk absolutely battered him that right hand in the second round which split his eyebrow oh, that, that gash wow. and you know it was deep deep cut and just how he just handled max it was it was it's really impressive to see a guy do that to the best possible contender in that division because as we said now people are thinking why is max done is he washed up i mean listen 10 years in the ufc from the age of 20 to 30 that's going to take a lot out of you you're not going to be fighting at the age of 37, 38. Sorry, Joe. Joe. Let me jump in there. Uh, For me, that is not a question I've been asking myself. Like, oh, is Max finished? That is not something I thought. I think that's a little bit unfair and disrespectful on on Max. Normally, I'm looking at the failings of of the other guy, but I think really all the credit does have to go to... Volkanovski, and again, let's let's just remind the listeners: Calvin Cater and Yair Rodriguez, two of the top five. Max put them away very comfortably in his most recent fights. Um, yeah. So I, I really do think it's the case that Volkanovski's just gone a level ahead. I mean, he looks so fast 
Yeah. Um, and so powerful against Korean Zombie. And he's he's clearly he's clearly just gone up a level. And, and, he, and Max hasn't been able to add that level to his game. His mentality as well. It's it, I think that's it's incredible his mental strength that Volkanovski has, you know, that he came out of that second Holloway fight where a lot of people scored it for Holloway and people didn't respect him as a champion. And he was just like, right, well, I'm going to prove you wrong and battered Ortega, battered the zombie. And he's like, right, well, I've got to do it to Holloway now to really let people know that I'm the champ. And he went out there and he did it. And his grit and determination to absolutely control this fight from second one to the very end is so commendable this 25 minutes joe 25 minutes of it just a flawless display (laughs) max never ever looked like he was coming back into the fight he never had a moment max had at best i'd say three or four combos that kind of got going that's about it max holloway by the way is a fighter who traditionally in his fights his output goes up like like significantly so and Volkanovski just cut him off so not this time and also if you compare their last this fight compared to the other two fights the significant strike difference Volkanovski outstruck him in those previous two fights but it was by about 20 odd strikes here he outstruck him 199 significant strikes to 127 far and away dominant performance outstruck him in every single round and in the fifth round Volkanovski had his highest output 50 significant strikes out of 80 and Holloway had his lowest of 19 of 54 that's normally when Holloway kicks up and gets going and Volkanovski smashed him this is this might be this might be the one of the best championship performances I have ever seen I have absolutely ever seen this is on think about like I don't know what what other championship performances are there like this of complete and utter domination well, would you don't think Cormier was in that second fight? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that that yeah. fight is what. By the way, talk, we've touched on it occasionally. Jones Cormier two might be one of the peaks of MMA of like how they're adjusting to each other and the skills that they're using on each other. And of course, Jones finished Cormier and his incredible game plan that he had set up. But there's just something about this Volkanovski one where he just I'm just absolutely blown away by it. I think it's a an masterpiece. I'm talking like, you know, he wasn't a champion, but Cody Garbrandt versus Dominic Cruz. You know how everyone is so effusive about that performance, mm. even now, despite the drop. Mm. It's like, well, he had that night against Dominic Cruz. Volkanovski, no matter what happens in his career, he'll always have this night against Holloway. Well, I can't imagine that his career takes the same turn as Cody Garbrandt. <laughs> right now, I'm, I hope looking, not. I'm, I'm thinking just how high can this man go? He said himself he wants to go up to lightweight. There's one yeah. small problem with that, Joe. Volkanovski may have broken his hand there in the second round. I don't know if you've seen that. <sighs> Insane. See, if he's fighting with that kind of injury, he gave no hint of that. Um, well, we've run Again, out of superlatives. The mentality of him. That's, uh, that's the thing I get. Impregnable. Impregnable, yeah, just, his mind. Yeah. So. But now let's let's talk about this. Volkanovski is talked about going up to lightweight. You have previously said that you want Dariush versus Makachev next. Two wrestlers to fight each other in the same way that we get strikers facing each other and they cancel each other out in the rankings and whatever. These two wrestlers should fight each other, see who can go into a title shot. Does that then mean to you that you have Oliveira versus Volkanovski? Joe, it's clear. The goal is open. And I want to send... 
Volkanovski through on goal. I am totally with him in saying that he's earned the right to call his shots. I do not think he would be jumping the queue at lightweight at all. I don't. I cannot imagine who you match him up with featherweight. Everybody needs a performance, Joe. Uh, everybody, everybody needs a performance to get in there with Volkanovski. Arnold needs a signature win. Josh um, Emmett. Josh Emmett. <sighs> He's, really, he, to me, Josh Emmett me, versus Cater. Right. If 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 they've if the UFC have gone down the road of setting Oliveira versus Makachev for October in Abu Dhabi, then that means Volkanovski's not getting that lightweight title shot this year. So then, what do you do? He obviously wants to fight again this year, maybe fucking twice if he wants to. I mean, Christ, he could go September, December, most likely. So you could then do Emmett maybe in September. And he could come back in December. I don't know. Like maybe. I, I mean, okay. out, of, out of the featherweight fighters, by the way, Emmett is the one I would go for if you're going to set one up now. Well, Joe, Joe you, it's not a long list. <laughs> I mean, it's Emmett or Allen. Yeah, I would say probably Emmett. I think the Cater win is, is a more significant win than the Hooker win. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know, let's let's remember how we. But listen, I, I can see the erection deflating. Like you, don't yeah, that, yeah. You don't I mean, come on. Fight. And I don't think Volkanovski wants that fight. I don't think he has anything to prove there. Now, Josh Emmett, of course, he's ready for that fight right now. Can't come soon enough. Um, I yeah. guess we'll just see how it does line up with the timings with Volkanovski's injuries. But I think he's earned the right to to pick his shot. If that means sure. Emmett has to wait, if that means Alan gets a chance to uh, put a signature win in there and also enter the conversation at featherweight, that's all good. Um, yeah. Before we move on to the next fight, Joe, any comments on on Holloway? I mean, he was also talking about maybe going up. Uh, uh, I do you know the fight that that came to mind for me? Uh well, we've seen him fight Poirier, so. Is it Holloway Gaethje? versus Gaethje, yeah, that's it. Holloway versus Gaethje doesn't. I listen. I think Max now, realistically, could go into like you know high level celebrity fighter if he wanted to of just oh, like no. pick and choosing. No, Joe, no, no, the disrespect now. No, no, no. Too, I, mean I can't is, listen to this. What Joe. I mean is is that like basically he fights the top contenders at either lightweight or featherweight. So Nick like, Diaz's last fight on the contract. Against Max Holloway at like oh damn you've actually oh that's piqued a bit of interest for me actually <laughs> it, it would be fun it would be fun it would be, uh, listen I uh, for Holloway next give me a fun fight yeah you yeah know. yeah not yeah well I mean this uh, this is so dismissive though um, no it's I, not let's Gage. say let's make let's make a fight at lightweight but none of the none of the killers coming through uh, also not Tony Ferguson or Dan Hooker. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, I would like, I would like that fight, Joe. I would like that fight. That sounds fun to me. That sounds Crash fun talk to would me. be good. Yeah. yeah, that sounds that sounds like a fun January pay per view. You know, no title on the line. Holloway McGregor to there's the narrative built in, like with the Poirier one for McGregor and all of that. Course. It kind of makes it makes, uh, makes and you know sense. also. From and then when he loses, he can do the rematch where you know. They're one-one going into the trilogy fight in June. Um, I mean, if Connor could beat Holloway again, that would put a little bit. That would be a more credible win than fighting, say, Nick D- uh, Nate Diaz, or indeed Nick Diaz. Um, <laughs> all right, I think we signed off on that fight, Joe. Let's let's move on to to the main event. Yeah, we've gone about this in a slightly circuitous way, which might seem a bit weird to the uh, the listeners at first. But I think when we actually start talking about this main event we're going to be might become a bit clearer to you why we've done this uh israel adesanya uh defeats jared cannonier on the judges scorecards two of them was 49 46 and a 150 45 tom which way did you fall in the scoring 
for this, I had it this movie. 49, 46, Joe. I'm just flicking yeah. over to my notes. Now, it was, exactly it was round round three I gave to Cannoneer. Yep. Oh. Round three. That was, that was the template for how he was supposed to win a round, which was Ugh. grimy. Or, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, we're now at the stage where guys have figured out how not to get finished by Adesanya, but they have not figured out how to beat him. Like that's that's what we're at now, and, and it's a frustrating watch, but it's a natural thing to have happened. Yeah, I mean, I was just listening now to Yoel Romero uh, talking about his fight with Izzy and talking about the lack of damage he took, talking about how he's kind of anti, <laughs> almost anti MMA uh, because he has that that style where he can pick people off at distance without exposing himself to huge risk and you know it's up to the other guys to go out there and find a blueprint to beat him however yeah. i've got to say it is it is a little bit sad if that blueprint is kind of holding him up against the <laughs> the cage and landing light body shots and occasionally going up top as as Kananir did to win the round he did win i've got to I've got to ask joe uh i mean could Kananir have won this fight maybe Maybe. He he invested in the leg kicks early on, and then he didn't. He stopped doing it. I guess because the leg kicks are such a centerpiece of Adesanya's um, attack that it will sort of neutralise yours. And then he was actually throwing to the body. I was just like, oh, thank God someone's actually throwing to the body. Like, the head isn't always going to be there, but the body most likely will be. And it's like, thankfully someone started throwing to the body. But as Izzy said... He denied the second wave of attack, which means that obviously it makes for a frustrating performance or frustrating viewing for the uh, for the fans who, by the way, were streaming out after the third round. Well, j- just for for the listeners there, what what is he saying is that you know normally he he say would land a jab or or a leg kick, which would then he could follow up with yeah. um, more of a combo. It might open up space for a hook. Or produce a reaction from Cannoneer that would leave an opening for Izzy. But he yeah. was very um, complimentary of Cannoneer's preparation and indeed his coaching in that Izzy really was limited to that jab. Uh, and, and there was not much more. That was what, what won the fight for Izzy. Did you, I, I couldn't pick out anything else that yeah, I thought was... I, yeah, I, I, really I thought it was interesting how he was. He had his his lead hand all the way out. Like it was this sort of like, kind of like a variation of that sort of mummy guard thing that Cormier does of like the hand fighting and all that yeah 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 exactly which again coming from a much taller fighter then is even harder to get to the body it's not like with Cormier where okay you've got this shorter guy fighting your hands whatever you can go to the body but you then leave yourself to be taken down by a wrestler here with Adesanya it's just like how are you going to get inside that and it was in thinking about him now as a champion and how people have started to figure out that you can't go charging in like the classic one that we think of is Brunson like <laughs> running in like a like a bull to a red rag and just absolutely losing it and like Addison you're picking him off like picking him off Whitaker blitzing I I, th- I honestly think the Brunson one is worse because those takedowns were so telegraphed they're just oh, like yeah. of course he was going to knee him in the head absolutely um, Absolutely. So, I mean, but Brunson has form for that. I, I just, yeah. I don't know. Do you remember the Whitaker one, which I think was even funnier? <laughs> I mean, he's I've got a highlight reel of his own now in uh, in charging in. It's a, I've got to say, Joe, it's a bit of a shame that Brunson himself fell to Cannoneer last time out because I don't know. I was I was getting a bit excited. Do you think he would about... have taken the fight a bit more to to Adesanya? 
Yeah, I think I think Brunson was showing signs of uh, of evolution uh, up until that very disappointing showing against Cannonier, and I think it would have been a good test for Addy. But again, in this in this fight, he did show just awesome defense um, yeah. across all facets of the, That's of the sport. That, it's becoming like this Floyd Mayweather thing of just like, well, I'm not getting totally humiliated by him, but I've got no way of like drawing anything out of him so that he, all he has to do is actually jab me and move away and go from there and tying this into the other middleweight fight on the main card I was actually thinking about Jones versus Gustafson one when that was kind of the first time we saw John Jones in trouble as a champion and something that people kind of forget about that was that this was the, that was the first time Jones fought someone who was the same height as him who had the same sort of physical dimensions as him. And when was the last time Izzy fought anyone that was the same dimension as him? Like, it's been a while, and now it seems like we got that contender. Yeah, Joe, I'm... Alex I'm... Pereja. Right. By the way, we both picked Izzy by decision going into this fight. For Pereja versus Strickland, I picked Pereja by decision, and you picked a short Strickland by decision, which is now looking like an incredibly foolish pick. I think we can agree. In fact, yeah, yeah, not Joe, picking Pereja knockout was a was a ridiculous decision. Well, I mean, I, I've, got, I've got to say, I actually had Adesanya there by KO as well. So, um, oh, bad ba- bad night for me there. Um, I guess I bought into the hype. I won't make that mistake again, Adesanya. Yeah. You know, like I know you're a, you've been a huge fan, Joe, but I think what people are saying is, is true. Uh, in, in really? The, yeah. I mean, like I, I I'm not excited for Izzy's next fight. You're not, not excited for him versus Pereja. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, like, I kind of consider that a fight outside the norm um, in that, you know, <laughs> Alex Pereira has just bypassed all the people who can beat him. Yeah, so which, can... which, by the way, I'm fine with. Like, why, why do we need to see him face a wrestler? Like, what are we going to learn from that? We need to see these two fight. Absolutely. This is the time to do it. Hey, like, Joe, no messing. Let's get Joe, this going. Like, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about Pereira Strickland. That was the uh, the fight that preceded Volkanovski and Holloway. Uh, now, <laughs> I knew I was in trouble here, Joe, when I watched Sean Strickland walk out uh, because that man looked completely racked with nerves. He really, Do you reckon? yeah, really. Uh, I was sat watching it with my partner here, and we were both like, "Uh-oh, <laughs> uh-oh!" The lights are shining a bit too bright. And, oh no! Um, and and sh- need to go back to the apex for some fight nights. Yeah, I, I mean, we've you know, you've I know you're a huge Sean Strickland fan now as well. And <laughs> I identify with with him on a few levels, but Strickland here, the the bright lights I think got to him. And also the threat that he was about to face in Pereira. Not mm. that you would see in Sean Strickland's face uh, fight style that he had acknowledged that threat, because this was an appalling, appalling showing. And not this, what I envisioned when I picked him to win by decision. Is this the worst game plan we've ever, we've seen from a fighter in a long time? Like, this is, I mean, this is the, insane. So, just to quote Sean Strickland, mocking uh, the kickboxing of Pereira, saying all he's got is a, is a left... Left, <laughs> left hook and uh, and some knees. Well, Sean, look, you cannot come out on a center line with a singular jab. Uh, yeah, which he didn't even throw that much. 
I mean, Joe, it was um, it was really poor, but the knockout itself was definitely one of the biggest moments on the card. Really beautiful, beautiful stuff in its simplicity, but also in its accuracy. So uh, Pereira just kind of stepping off the line a little bit, landing that hook, wobbling Strickland, and then on the way down, I don't know if you caught this, he landed uh, not one, but two strikes as Strickland was falling to the mat. Jesus uh, Christ. Yeah, so, yeah, it, so accurate, it was incredible. so clinical. It was amazing also how he was just turning Strickland. Like, they were basically turning the same way. And he was just throwing this jab to the body to get, like, Strickland to react to that. And then just obviously threw that so many times that when he twitches that left arm, Strickland thinks he's going to the body again and just whips that hook round to uh, send him flying to the ground. And it was like, it was a real announcement knockout. It was like, this guy is legit. This guy has got something that can pro- give Izzy problems. And I genuinely do think he can give Izzy problems. Despite Izzy, he used that line about four or five times in the lead up. I had him on skates like Elsa or so. It was so cringe, wasn't it? No reaction every time. And he kept going to it. It's like, Jesus, bro. Listen, get a bit of Chell Sun and, you know, promo class in there and uh, move on when you have a bad line. Yeah, yeah, I mean, absolutely. But you can tell that Pereira's a bit of a boogeyman. I do think he's occupying some space in Izzy's, in Izzy's head, I really do. I th- could see that sensitivity in the mm. press conference when, when Strickland was really poking at that. It's a really exciting fight. Uh, yeah. now, now, thank God, because there isn't another fight I want to I wanna see there at middleweight for for the champ. Um, why, why, are you dis- why are you disrespecting uh, Drickus Duplessis? Like, come on, man, you don't want to... Well, we'll we're going to, gonna, him. We'll Joe, we're to gonna him. get there, but yes, yes. Now, talking about stepping off the line <laughs> and, <laughs> and landing a hook, Brad Tavares could take note of that when we do get to Duplessis. Uh, yeah. Be, yeah. But because, anyway. Yeah, I, I mean. I've, I've got, can, can, we, can we just go back to this Strickland thing? What did he think was going to happen of him slowly walking forward with his hands at his nipples, not, not throwing jabs? Not doing anything like was like he didn't even faint for a takedown. You think he was like if you were going to brawl with this guy who's a kickboxer, at least have a bit of output. This throw some leg kicks I mean, or something. Joe, like, I, I think he fooled himself. You know, he, he certainly fooled me. <laughs> you can see that in my prediction. I think mm. he really fooled himself. Like, yeah, I can hang it with there. My my kind of pressure style with the singular jab has been enough to overwhelm. Uh, many others in the middleweight division, and uh, I've seen strikers. I, you know, we, he's famous for uh, sparring a lot in training. He probably thinks he has those reactions, yeah. but he was really he was shown up in such a bad way. I mean, the other comical thing here that we didn't mention uh, is that when Pereira lands that hook, Strickland is kind of uh, he's got his guard set. He's got both eyes fixed <laughs> on Pereira, and he just does not see it coming. He just no. does not see it coming. He's already kind of his eyes just. Falling off the center line as the hook lands and and he falls backwards. It was and he it was appalling. He retreated in a straight line the whole time. It's like uh, it, he he was made to, he was made to look like an absolute jabron. And it, it was Joe. It, it speaks to uh, the levels of of striking that are out there in combat sports and the very fact that you know people like myself were buying into Strickland. Uh, you yeah. know, it just shows that there is a long way for some of these some of these fighters to go. You, you do forget that like. Pereja and Adesanya are probably the two most experienced fighters on this card. Like, in terms of rounds, like, they are probably, like, unmatched. Like, they've had so many kickboxing fights. So many kickboxing fights that have gone the distance as well. 
And it's like, can't you can't replicate that. You can't replicate unless you've got like a super specific strategy that you're gonna go in there and try and execute and try and, and then have like a layered like response to it where it's just like, okay, once he's figured this out, I'm gonna do this. And you're able to sort of blend all these styles in there. But we've seen it in a couple of the Izzy's recent fights. You have to make it grimy against him. I don't think is gonna do that because physically they match up the same and they've got again both got an incredible amount of experience in kickboxing that it's the only fight to make at middleweight and it should be done before the end of the year yeah totally totally on board with it and i really you know i can't wait to watch it i think it's uh something that izzy will have some sleepless nights over honestly joe i think he really wants to wipe that that stain away i think he'll relish the opportunity to to fight again in mma with Pereira, but I, I really think that's a sensitive spot, those losses, and I think he'll be nervous fighting Pereira again. Do you reckon? Yeah, I, I, I don't have any doubt about it, actually, Joe. Okay, fair enough. But, but right. I mean, he's a true competitor. Of course, he will want the fight. It will, it's a chance to correct that, right that wrong. But it just The fight mm. works on many levels. Um, just a quick note now, Joe, about the rankings here at middleweight. Uh, okay. So, Pereira, previously unranked, he's come in, he's taken Strickland's spot, he's up to Number six now. Where's Strickland? Uh, Strickland's dropped down to seven. He's gone three places down in the rankings. Uh, that also means that the likes of Paolo Costa, Brunson, and Vittoria have all been elevated. Mm. Um, I mean, these these rankings are ridiculous. Like, they could literally just say, like, put Pereja at number two. Which, let's... I don't know, man. Like, if you're unranked and you beat the number four guy in the world, like, you should be in, like, the top five at least. Like, even if Strickland's ranking is a bit blown up. Well, we, you know, we've both had a lot to say a few times here on the rankings, and I think rightly so, but there Mm. were a few other changes here. Uh, There were a couple of fighters there on the prelims at middleweight. Andre Muniz and Brad Tavares, uh, sorry, Duplessis and Tavares, and, of course, Uriah Hall. I'm sure we'll get to those fights in a moment, yeah. but Muniz and Duplessis emerged as winners. They've both uh, gone up in the rankings. Duplessis newly ranked at 14, and Muniz now up to 10. Mm. Um, yeah, some some momentum happening at middleweight. A little bit of turnover, which is which is good to see. Damn. Okay. Cool. 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 Right. Let's talk about the rest of this main card here. Two fights um, that were well. One was surprisingly not that bad, and one was interesting for its uh, ending and I guess the preceding round or so that uh, it did last what do you want to go with? Do you want to go with Munoz O'Malley or do you want to talk about Lola Barbarena? Do you want to get that out of the way? Yeah, I think. well get that out of the way, uh, Lola Barbarena I think that's a, you know, we were a little bit disparaging before the fight but it was it was fun, Joe. It was, was a fun fight. It was, it fun. was a fun fight. We both picked Barbarena by decision but yeah. um, Barbarena wins by knockout uh Standing TKO of Robbie Lawler. It was the right finish, wasn't it? It was. It was. He was done. He was cooked, wasn't he? Uh, yeah, I, I have to say that, yeah, Joe. But the thing is, you know, before that, Lawler, I thought looked pretty good, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah. He was riding it, out. He was riding out Barbarina's frequency striking and all. Pretty that. remarkable frequency. Yeah, Lawler. Well, he was showing the same style again. He showed against Nick Diaz, I guess, against these kind of. Uh, volume heavy but power light strikers he's got this kind of bob and weave you know Anderson Silver Silver with the hands going that's mm. not something we used to see from Lawler quite so much and I think when his coaches got to him in the end of the first round and said like look you don't need to stand there and take those shots land yours and then and then get out of the way I, I really thought that uh, Lawler was 
kind of pulling ahead a for me actually in in the yeah, second I had, I had him winning I had him winning the first and I thought he was going ahead in the second it was something that I noticed as that I kind of figured out with like the volume striking thing is that I was kind of getting a bit frustrated with Barbarino of like he's landing these shots but like none of them have any like zip on them he's throwing everything at like 40 50 percent where it's just like kind of like trying to frustrate more than anything and I realized that with volume strikers you've got to mix something else in there whether it's the Colby Covington takedowns or whether it's like that one shot in seven or eight that's like really got a bit of zip on it got a real bit of power in there to sort of throw people off so that they can never really fully set Whereas Lawler was just kind of like, all right, he's throwing, he's throwing, he's throwing, he's throwing, he's throwing. Okay, I'll wait. All right, now I'm going to unload. Because it's like, all right, it was basically you go, I go. And obviously I favoured Lawler's power shots from that first round where he was really, you know, landing heavy on Barbarina. But um, I, I mean, I th- yeah, I thought that was an interesting round for, for the judges because there's been a lot of controversy as ever around judging. Um, and I was looking forward to hearing what you had to say there because, of course, yeah, uh, your man, uh, Barbarina, he did... Uh, outland Lawler significantly, but Lawler did have more accurate and heavier shots. He did more damage. Yeah. So I, I also picked Lawler, but I was interested to see whether you would feel the same. Yeah, for sure. What what do we want next for these guys? I mean, Lawler should probably retire, but um, or go to Bellator. I mean, <laughs> was, there an, was there an old man fight out there for him? Nate. I mean, we've just booked oh. Nate, maybe, but he's obviously got the history now with with Nick. Um, Nothing there really is. There. No, Joe, there's not. There's not. But like, whatever he wants to do, he's not. He's not in the cowboy Cerrone zone. Whereas, like, I'm, you know, he, he just had to go, and obviously that yeah. did that did happen on this card. We'll get to that in a minute. But uh, mm. there's no. Yeah, I, I can't give you a matchup that I want to see. But I have to say, in the end, with this fight, I, I wasn't disgusted that it was in yeah. there on the main card. It was. It was it, all right. It, it was a it was, break. It was, it was a break from the intensity. You know. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it was a nice cool-off fight where I remember watching it. I was just going like, this is pretty good. I'm pretty, I'm enjoying this. This is all right. And by the way, Rogan did exactly what I said. You know, Lawler's a warrior. The wars with McDonald and Condit and oh, all these. Oh, I was just like, oh, shut the fuck up. By the way, uh, I wrote this down um, when they were t- lo- took, looking at the next pay-per-view card, which is <laughs> headlined by Peña versus Nunes 2. Can't wait for that. Um, <laughs> where he said... Uh, Oh, we got Anthony Smith versus Ankalov uh, as well. He literally couldn't read the names in front of him. So um. now, Joe, hold on. The, Rogan did say one thing that hold I on, I'm mispronouncing, brother. What's up? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, uh, Rogan did have one moment which I particularly enjoyed here when he referred to Volkanovski as a pit bull on amphetamines. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was fun. That was that was an odd one, wasn't it? And then also him <laughs> going like underrated thing about Max Holloway, his chin. It was just like, what are you want about it? His chin is like legendary. Yeah. Anyway, uh, opening this main card. Oh, Barbarino. What do we just, just un- <laughs> mid mid card brawl? Give give us like a mid card. Well, Baeza back down to the prelims. Ah, wow. Yeah, I mean Baeza is obviously on a bit of a skid now. So yeah, all right, all right. Actually, I think Baeza retired, didn't he? So I think. Uh, oh no! Just, oh my god! Oh my god! It's Tom, I look like it looks like I just said I'm gonna have to put your dog down. Like, that was. A, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think he's, that's true. Yeah, I think he retired. He was just like, I've had enough. And it's like, ah, fair enough, mate. Right, let's talk about this fight. This uh, Munoz versus O'Malley ends in a no contest after O'Malley um, poked Munoz in the eye, uh, scratching his cornea, and Munoz uh, had to uh, basically doctor stoppage end of the fight. 
that was in the second got, round, Joe. But that yeah. was in the second round. First round, I had Munoz winning it. I I had Munoz winning it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedro Munoz followed a game plan. Could you believe it? Like it was pretty incredible. Switch stance with O'Malley through consistent leg kicks. I mean, zero punches coming from Munoz. But it was a game plan to frustrate O'Malley. And I'm guessing so that O'Malley would have to sort of like start lunging in to try and get anything done. And then came to him. Fair play, Pedro Munoz. He was winning that fight. He Well, he was winning the first round, but I was leaning towards O'Malley in the second before the sure. stoppage. I think O'Malley was kind of coming on a little bit heavier, realising that he did have the licence um, to uh, time those leg kicks. He was checking quite a few as well, I have to say, for O'Malley. Yeah. And, uh, and then, of course, he does have... He just got the reach on, on Munoz. That was very evident in the second. The volume was coming. I think he was starting to figure Munoz out. Yeah. Uh, now, at the stoppage, a lot of people, they were complaining about it. They thought uh, Munoz was kind of play acting. Now, it did look a little bit soft, but obviously Munoz has that record. You know, he, we were talk, I was talking about his, his yeah. toughness, his durability. So, right. for, for, I mean, come on. He's for every. He's for everyone at bantamweight. Well, he's for fucking Aldo. Joe, Dominic he's got the Cruz. most most appearances actually at bantamweight yeah. in the UFC. So get fucked with this whole he's scared of Sean O'Malley thing. When by the way, O'Malley had landed nothing really on him that was too significant. Yeah, O'Malley had a couple long right hands that he'd landed, but Munoz didn't seem too bothered by that. And then we see the eye thing, and everyone's like complaining about it and whatnot. First off, I've always said this about any sport: slow motion never makes anything look good like if you saw that if that finger poke if that eye poke sorry was shown in real time like you'd see the speed of which it happens getting stuff in your eye really hurts as i have told you in a recent story about myself uh were there eight other men involved not for me to say but that's uh (laughs) that's not true kirsten if you're listening but anyway obviously getting a finger to the eye doesn't feel good and then munoz afterwards did you see the picture of him with glover teixeira no, no, I haven't seen that. Bro, his eye was closed up and was, like, bruised heavily. Like, apparently, they had to inject... Uh, they had to numb the area around his eye so they could open it up and look into it because it's just like he couldn't open his eye. And, like, you're telling me that this guy's, like, faking it to get out of a fight with O'Malley, which is, like, cruising to a rather boring decision. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no respect. But, you know, like, I, I guess a lot of fans maybe were tuning in to see O'Malley. They didn't know much about Munoz's record. And, uh, you know, it, it looked like it, it didn't look like that significant, did it, in the moment? So we know it yeah. was now. The only question is do they make this fight again? No. <laughs> no. No, they're All not. Right. After Let's that first on. round, they're, they're just going to move on. Let's move on. Yeah. Let's going to move on. Well, I mean, O'Malley, what does he move on to? Um, well, Young? that's. Yeah, I, I heard mentions of that. Uh, Jan has said that if Amali's serious about wanting that fight, then Jan will give it to him. If I'm uh, picking a match for Amali, if I'm in his coaching team, I'm saying, like, yeah, easy there, son. You know, you're going to have yeah, to fight yeah. this guy probably for the belt if you want to get that at some stage. So, um, or no. for a five round main event. You know, that's you're gonna have to do a fight night main event against this guy. I mean, that's just it. I just don't I just don't see the need for him to go and take a fight like that. Like his stock has not really been diminished by this by this fight. I think he's obviously been mm. shown there. Not that he's got a vulnerability in the game plan that Munoz um showed him. But that but I, he's not he's not I, the finished article, is he? No, for sure. But I've also gotta suggest something here is that if he wants to go up to the championship level, I think he's gonna have to do it quite quickly. Now, because there's some guys at bantamweight where I'm like, 
oh, like Marab and, you know, Nurmagomedov, where it's like, oh, I, I don't know if I'd like his chances against those guys. And it's like... Uh, you're right. You're right in that, Joe. I mean... It, yeah, so... The thing, the thing is, the whole division is just a killer's row. And there's no let up in that. You know, there's just more blood up, coming through. And everyone's matched up apart from Jan. If I'm O'Malley, I would take the Jan shot to then get into a title shot. Because otherwise, I'm sorry, man. Like there, what you want to try and take on Marab Dovashvili when he's the no, champ? No, if I'm if I'm, um, I'm I'm looking at the Vera fight. I think that's a rematch that he had won. Now Vera's Vera, kind of got that ranking at five. I think it's a Vera's win- booked against Cruz. Sure. So if I'm, I'm if I'm Amali, I'm waiting for the winner of that fight. I think he's, those uh, are, those are good matchups for him. They're both moving forwards in the sport, and I, I just. Sorry, sorry, Sean. Um, you know, for the listeners out there excited about the prediction game, uh, if you see Petter Yarn written on a piece of paper versus whoever the fuck you want, I'm picking, <laughs> I'm picking Pet- Petter Yarn. I'm really, I'm picking yeah. Petter Yarn. Joe, he, yeah. the, the guy's still the elite standard in the division. So yeah, he, he's he to me, he's still the number one in that division. Like I know Aljamain won that. He definitely won the fight. fight. He did. Aljamain or yeah yeah sorry Aljamain he did win the fight but that yeah, doesn't but diminish the... Petr Jan yeah but how did he win those rounds compared to how did Jan win his rounds is yeah. it's like I mean it's night and day isn't it like you know Sterling held his back and got in some pisser passer punches whereas Jan was denying takedowns tripping him kicking the fuck out of him and just beating him up on the feet so Joe all I'm all I'm saying is that instead of Petr Jan like Dillashaw Sanhagen Rob Font you know, all of these are better Font's matchups. Font's a good shout. Font's They're a good shout. All much better matchups for Sean O'Malley. Like, don't do it to yourself, bro. Just, just don't. <laughs> just don't. You're a young man. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Don't fight Petty Jan. No. Or, Joe, there was uh, one one small small comedian making an appearance here. Uh, Henry Cejudo, former champ at Bantaway. He, oh, he, he made a very strange and comedic appearance. Um where he called out Sean O'Malley, he said he was ready, pick a date to bend the knee. How do you feel about yeah. that matchup? Man, that is that is one hell of a, a matchup. That's so, a, physically, physically, that's insane. Yeah. That's an insane... I mean, uh, he's back in the USADA testing pool. I think he's got another three months to go before he can officially have a fight booked. Joe, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. Like, Henry Cejudo, I'm here for it. It's the... It's you know, I loved, quirky. I loved when he, in that little thing... By the way, the, I think we can both agree the funniest part of that video is when they the camera guy pans to Figueredo just stood there <laughs> looking utterly bemused at what's going on. Yeah, I think you're going to cut this in here for the listeners, probably. Oh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to cut it in right now. The interaction this week with Henry Cejudo and um, Aljamain Sterling. And what did you make of that? I don't... Hey, I didn't see that. You want to match him if he's right here. I'd love a tuna. What do you say, Precious? Serious? What do you say? Are you, in the, are you, you're, you're good to go now, yeah, huh? I'm good to go. Say what, it. What would you want to bend the knee at what time? Because I think you absolutely suck. What do you weigh? Go ahead. Carry on with the interview. Go ahead. Carry on. <laughs> okay, it's cringy. No one, no one takes that dude serious. Also, O'Malley seemed really caught off guard, didn't he? Joe, like, I think, I, I, think we all, I think we all were. Like, what is it? He's a funny little man, Sahu, though. He's a funny little man. Bring it up. Get wait him back for him to be back. Yeah, I can't wait. You know, get get that coach. You back absolutely get, get suck. The quotes. You abs- He did the Chael Sonnen. 
you absolutely suck. And I'm like, oh yeah, Henry, you know your you know your onions. You know how to pop the boys. Um because I think you absolutely suck. Oh, so good. And then like O'Malley's just kinda like, uh yeah, all right. <laughs> Is this for real? And we still don't know if that was for real. I mean, right? It was. It was a real out of body experience watching that clip. I must say. So, Joe, just around that round that one off. I mean, um, not that we count that in our scoring, but I had picked O'Malley there to win that fight by decision. That leaves you overall as the defending champ. champ. You've done it again. again. How many points did I get? It wasn't a lot. It was uh, three, four. Five points? Ah, that's all right. Five points is enough. That's enough. I can't. I have nothing to say, Joe. <laughs> yeah, five points. It was a workmanlike five points, but I'll take the five points regardless. Um, but yeah, one hell of a, a card. Certainly a, a memorable one. Maybe not in a way uh, that everyone initially expected. Well, I know we're itching, of course, to move on to the next fight night that's ahead of us. We're always forward-looking here on Hold On, I'm Talking Brother. But a quick reference to the prelims. We already oh, mentioned Mooney's and Duplessis. Yeah, absolutely. Mooney's, Duplessis, and Jalen Turner all coming out in impressive fashion. Which of those three fights was your was your favourite? Oh, it's Duplessis Tavares. I mean, Duplessis... By the way, he did this in his last fight, or was it the fight before, where he looks kind of really nervous like the first round and he's just like really anxiously like swinging and just like looking kind of a bit scared and then he just turns into like Diego Sanchez circa 2005 against Clay Guida and just runs forward with like five six shots in a row and if you don't literally all you have to do is go backwards and angle off but Tavares didn't do that didn't throw any hooks in there to counter him Tavares could have won that fight but he didn't Joe I'm all I'm all for it that was a lot of fun uh Duplessis yeah he came out Full, full power. Emptied the tank. Tried this uh, uh, suplex, having you know throwing um, Tavares oh. over the top of him in the first round. Really ill-advised. Said that he slipped, but I think that was never an advisable technique against Tavares there. And Tavares lands up on top. Ends up winning the first round for me. Yeah. Uh, Duplessis unfazed, just comes out again. Full clip. Full testosterone. Spills his load all over the octagon and, uh, <laughs> and absolutely freight trains Tavares. I mean, he was landing some massive, massive yeah. shots. Spinning back fist, one-two down the middle, and all the time just charging like a, you know, Brunson versus Adesanya style. But instead of reaching for a knee, he was unloading massive shots. I loved this it, guy, This guy's great, isn't he? He's great to watch. I mean, in a way, I kind of wish we still have peak Yoel Romero in this division because that would be the fight that I would want to make. But we don't have that. But how about Paolo Costa versus Dricus Duplessis? Joe, there's plenty of juice still left, even with Yoel Romero gone. Yeah, Paolo Costa, that sounds great. Uh, I can think of some other matchups. I'd like Gastelum, let him freight train through there. Although Gastelum, yeah. he, he might have the wherewithal to step off off the line, as you were saying, because he's a I mean, better was, striker than than Tavares for sure. Oh uh, well, I don't want to be too down on Tavares. He is no, the he's test. good. He's the test for the rankings and Duplessis. Just yeah, empty the tank. He he kept that pace up. I mean, it was just it was so comical when he would he would kind of jump and run in like yeah. they would like wind up dull and then blitz forward. Um, Incredible. So onwards and upwards. Darren Till, that would be fun. Kelvin Gastelum. Uh, yeah. Even now, maybe Sean Strickland. Maybe Strickland can't just walk backwards throwing jabs when you've got that oh. that man, that tank, charging you down. Duplessis versus Sean Strickland is the fight to make. That is 100% <laughs> the fight to make. Um, 
Should we talk about Ian Gary versus uh, Gabe Green? What do we think of Ian Gary? I think he's better than Gabe Green, Joe. So good for him. He's very uh, slick. Got yeah, quick hands. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. Quick hands. He's, he's young, though. Nice one, too. Um, very nice one, too. Good Again, a, a man who can step off the centre line and, and land yep. those shots. Yeah, Gabe, really good at moving off the cage as well. Gabe Green, though, he's not the one, Joe. He's not no. the wrong. And, and what we did say in this fight, even though Gabe Green is not quite there, is that Gary's got some work to do on the map. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's got some serious work to do. Oh, yeah. There were a couple of times there where Gary was in uh, was in top position. I think he even had full melt at one stage. I turned around, took a sip of the the beverage of the evening, and then which I can't remember what it was, but took a sip. And th- next thing I know, Gabe Green's got his back. What's what's <laughs> going what's going on here? So work to do there before he moves further up. But he did enough in this fight. Yeah, listen, he's twenty four years old. There's no need to rush this guy up the rankings. You know what I mean? There's no need to give him. Look, uh, I, I, we're not. I don't think guys need to have that Conor McGregor sort of rise now, unless they are a Conor McGregor sort. Like people are talking about, oh, Sean O'Malley is this sort of like star thing. Sean O'Malley in the UFC at the point that Conor McGregor is in, they're at the same point now as when McGregor beat Chad Mendes. Like in terms of his tenure in the UFC, yeah, but they're not the same guys. No, but bro, not... the sport is not the same sport. It's, it's really evolved, and that—I mean, look at that bantamweight matchup. Yeah, I mean, it's it, rough, man. It, it's really, it's really rough. So I, even though definitely O'Malley's had those special moments, like Connor, he's just got to face higher competition. If we're going to give Gary a test, though, are we thinking like a Jeff Neal? Are we thinking a Ponzinibbio? Oh, Joe, I'm, rec- I'm recoiling. Um, he's a, he's going to be a father, Joe. <laughs> Do you right. want to see him against Hands of Steel, Jeff Neal? Uh, later, yeah, later I oh, do. Man. But I, I don't think he's uh, sorry, Joe. He's not. He's not uh, sorry, but... going into the rankings yet. Come on. Fair enough. Fair enough. Come, uh, Joe. Joe, you it? you saw you saw those position changes I referred to earlier. Maybe yeah, you it missed be... it because they were so fast. He went no, from I being do remember. You know, outrageous. I don't know. Yeah, fair enough. Um, shall we talk about Muniz Uriah Hall just quickly Muniz just absolutely dogged him didn't he it was it was not much of a fight Uriah Hall get the fuck out of my face I never want to see you again <laughs> well uh, Hall's been on Twitter he shrugged it off he, he d- doesn't consider that a legitimate loss um, well I'm afraid it was because he used jiu-jitsu in the, and wrestling in, in the by the way great, great single leg uh, from Muniz hey, I, Joe- like, I like that Muniz was very impressive. Uh, Muniz was no. I mean, it would have been nice to see him get a finish there. He wasn't quite there, but he totally, totally dominated this fight. And thank God, we do need a little bit more of an injection at middleweight. And Muniz could be that guy. There's some questions there. Nice to see a jiu-jitsu specialist back at middleweight. Yep. There were also two women fights on these prelims. Uh, We also had uh, Jim Miller versus Donald Cerrone uh, in the prelims of the old geezers get another go go around. by the way, I'm not trying to be too disrespectful to women's fights, but who gives a fuck? Like, Macy Barber beats Jessica I by decision. I retires. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, but let's talk about Miller versus Cerrone. Um, I think we both had Jim Miller winning the first round. But really nice guillotine to finish there. And also, a nice bit of sportsmanship from Miller there to let Cerrone talk first and allow him to retire there so in the I, cage. I think that should be the norm. I really do think that should be the norm. Like, if especially you know, if you're Jessica I and you're retiring, maybe you don't get to go first. Yeah. Um, but if you but if, if you're, you're Donald Cerrone, if you're Donald Cerrone, or or you know, you know, one of these, one of these veterans of the sport, true veterans who've been tested at at the highest levels. Um, yeah. 
It was a nice Robbie moment. Lawler, that sort of... A hundred percent. Oh, my God. Give Lawler the mic if he does want to hang him up. Let the man speak. Let the poetry flow from his soul. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, a, that was a nice moment. I mean, Cerrone's Jim been... Miller, though. I've yeah. got to say, he's on a bit of a run. Hey, I, jo- I mean... Jo- jo- he- this is... This face-off here was for the most wins ever in the UFC. And, and you know, Miller's time has not come yet, even though he's 40, 40 fights deep in his UFC career. Unreal. He says he wants to fight at UFC 300, which will be in two years' time. Um, and Dana has said if he's still on the roster and still fighting, then he'll get that fight at UFC uh, 300. And you know what? If, hey, man, we all need goals. Fair play to Jim Miller. Just no keep feeding him guys who are there for their first fight in the UFC who lost in the Contender Series to get fed to, to Miller. <laughs> By the way, I don't know if I've ever mentioned this. I, I have a UFC 3 on my PlayStation 4, and I created a, a lightweight fighter for my creator fighter going through the rankings. And the champion that I eventually got to face and lose to was lightweight champion Jim Miller. Uh, who on that uh, career run beat Nurmagomedov oh. uh, by knockout? So, Alternative uh, timelines. What a world that would have been. Hey, uh, Joe, it's on... not over yet for Jim Miller. Very quickly, last on the prelims, Jalen Turner finishes uh, Brad Riddell. Uh, surprising result, got to say. Riddell looked, didn't look like didn't never got going. Joe, he, he didn't have time. He didn't have time. <laughs> he ate a huge shot. He was trying to figure out what was going on, and the next thing he was trapped in a guillotine. You know, it was uh, smooth, very smooth for Jalen Turner. That's the way to get some hype to continue with the hype that you've already racked up. Let's go, let's go. I'm on the choo choo. What are we? What are we thinking here? Keep him away. Keep him away from Kuta Taladze or Ismagulov. Well, well, I was about Keep to say, Joe. He's just entered the rankings uh, at 14 Fuck to be joined off. By- to be joined with one other at 15, Damir Ismagulov. He's made yes. it. <laughs> He's yes. finally made it. Uh, now, oh. they've just got to get past Dan Hooker. That's the gateway to the top 13 for those, those guys. Two, those two are desperate to fight Dan Hooker, aren't they? They're just like, please, just give me Hooker. Look, Joe, yeah. let's, let, let's, good, good, for, good for Turner. Setback for Riddell, but I'm not going to judge him too harshly. You know, these, no. things, these things happen. I think he will be back in the rankings, Brother Riddell. Good, good. Good fighter, good fundamentals. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But it, it lines us up perfectly for the next fight night, actually, Joe. Yes. The one that's ahead of us. We're talking about lightweights entering the rankings, and we've been frustrated mm. about our Central Asian brothers out there on the same same side of the Cold War as, as we've been on this uh, mm. on this pod. Um, we have got Rafael dos Anjos, a mainstay of the lightweight division, a guy who's currently ranked seventh, and he will be fighting Rafael Fiziz, ranked ten. Finally, some new blood coming through. Finally, finally, this is this is that fight, kind of like Sarukian and Gamrot, where if Fiziev wins, you'll then go up into that position, and those guys in the top five. If you lose your next fight, you've got one of these two guys waiting for you, and it ain't going to end well for you. But will he win though, Joe? There's a big yes yeah. for him. Fiziev's going to win this fight. Wow, Fiziev's going to win this fight. I love RDA. I love RDA. I think he's had the hardest run of any fighter in the UFC. I think you can agree with that as well. I'm not going to go through his run of everyone he's fought and lost, but off the top of the head, you're talking about guys like, you know, Nurmagomedov, um, Anthony Pettis, Eddie Alvarez, Kamaro Usman, Colby Covington. Uh, who else has he fought? Who else has yeah. he Who has he beat? Kiesa. Nate, Kiesa. 
Adam they Diaz. Beat, beat Kevin Lee when that meant something. Fought Leon Neil Edwards. Magny. I mean, he's really been in there with everyone, Joe. Covington, Bro, he, he's, he's never He's never ducked to fight, this guy. And he is, you know, a great, great fighter. But he's 37 years old. And you, the wheels fall off at a certain stage. And let's be honest here. We want Fazeev to win this fight as well. I think you'll find Dos Andros has, you know, got a bit of that... Uh... That Brazilian juice that they... Uh, yeah. And I think that might help him maintain. I think this is a big test for Vaziv myself. Uh, I'm not quite so confident as you that he'll win. I hope he does because I want to see these new guys break out and go forwards. But I think Dos Anjos is going to test him in the grappling department. And I think you might find some chinks in Vaziv's armour there. So look forward to seeing mm. this one. Anything else yeah. on that fight night? How about I um, just run through the fight night for you, Joe, and you, you give us your picks. Okay, okay, yeah. Uh, you're going to go up from like uh, I'm top gonna six surpri- fights? I'm going I'm to surprise you. Okay. All over the place. All right. It's yeah. going to be uh, Jamie Malarkey and Michael Johnson. <laughs> oh, I've got to go for Michael Johnson. You just don't know what Michael Johnson you're going to get, do you? It's a, it's a coin flip. And I'm flipping the coin in and it says Johnson. See, my, my version of Johnson, he only beats the good guys and then stumbles, <laughs> against, stumbles against the Jamie Malarkeys of this world. Okay, uh, yeah. Chase Sherman, 15 and 10 now in his MMA run. That's a Jared Vanderar, who's 12 and 8. Will you be tuning in for that one, Joe? At heavyweight. I tell you what, if it's, a, if it's a funny fight, then I might tune in for it, but. I'm thinking slop. I'm thinking I'm think- it's a slop first. I'm going to go with Sherman. Fuck it, why Right. Then at bantamweight, we've got uh, Douglas oh, yeah. Andrade versus Said Nurmagomedov. Oh, who, by the way, is not related to Kabil. No, nope. uh, that should. Be, he no. is Dagestani though, and he does have the beard. I'm going to go Andrade. Ooh, I think he's going to beat the beard. I think he's going to overcome it. Not many men can say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the co-main is uh, Boralho versus Petrosian at middleweight. Armin Petrosian. He did he fight in Glory? I think he fought in Glory. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Petrosian. Now he's got a significant height advantage here. One nine one. Centimeters versus one seven eight. That's six oh, six three versus five ten. He's smart. I've got to go with the tall. I've got to go with the tall guy. So, All right. The Cold yeah. War. Yeah, no. I've I've, uh, I've kind of have I picked like the underdogs in all of these fights here. That that was. Well, I mean, so I don't know. Pedrosian last time out, he beat Robocop. Just to, just to oh yes, that. so yeah, a man to watch. And we've got some good Who fighters now coming beat? out of our like, coming out of Armenia. So. I'm looking forward to the blokes in the crowd with their suits, you know, buttons done all the way down to the belly button, cheering on our Armenian brethren. The Sarukian crowd, the mafia. Shout out to the Armenians, lads. Uh, big fan. Uh, right. Uh, who did... Uh... Oh, he beat Morozov, didn't he, Andrade? That's who I was thinking of. That was a good fight. It's a good performance. Uh, right. Have we got anything else to talk about, or do we want to just wrap this, wrap this bad boy up? I think we've probably covered everything there. Uh, you know, this is a time when we got time for listener questions so oh next, yeah next time out when we will visit some of those yes uh, listeners email us email us yeah email us questions if you want at uh hold on brother 69 at gmail.com uh if you wish don't worry you won't get in trouble if you yeah, do that, that's uh, very gay porn hold on brother 69 <laughs> <laughs> that's very gay porn cool that's how we like it around here. Uh, yeah, that's, if you've got any questions, email us. Uh, if you've got any money that you want to give us, uh, email us as well. I'm very much down with that. 
And uh, Tom, I think we'll be back next week to talk about uh, this card, this upcoming Fight Night card. And uh, and a look ahead to the weekend after that, yeah. So, Which is what? I can't remember. Well, Joe, from here on out, we'll be, um, I think, until the next numbered event comes around, we'll be doing one episode a week. We try to come out on a Wednesday. Yeah. So if you want to hear our preview of the next Fight Night card, you'll have to join us then. Uh, perhaps then we'll re- we've got Ortega fighting Yair Rodriguez so a bit of movement there at featherweight maybe yeah. someone can stake a claim there make make the prospect Yair Rodriguez versus Volkanovski interesting with a big win there but we'll get to and that next week Joe the week after that UFC London Blades versus Aspinall so we got some there's some good fight night cards coming up and absolutely we'll go into those. right listeners thank you so much for joining us uh, and spread the word Pass, pass this podcast on to, to one of your friends, uh, family even, you know, hopefully not your mother, but, you know, maybe your dad could uh, get, on, get in on the banter. Because, by the way, you're listening to this. We know you're a man. Okay, so just, okay, don't, don't give this to your mum. See you next time, right. Joe. Yeah, see you next time, Tom. Have a good, uh, have a good week.